0: This is Jay De Niro, Fear the Right Hand. You're listening to the OVW Podcast, the unofficial podcast of OVW.
1: Welcome to the OVW Podcast, the unofficial podcast of Ohio Valley Wrestling. My name is Jackson Oaks. I'm still award-nominated, as well as my co-host.
2: I'm Brian Hines, and I've got a lot of problems with you people.
1: And you're award-nominated too, right? What? We got a we. It, it wasn't just one of us that got nominated for an award. It was both oh, of us, right? that's right. Yeah. yeah. I guess Weird. we both did. Weird. The 10th annual Carney Awards. Yeah,
2: as a team, as a unit.
1: A unit of A unit of, I guess, five, right? Me, you... Malachi P.S. Woodard. Of course. Tiny Brian Woodard. Of course. And uh, what's the guy that pays for all this thing?
2: That would be uh, Victor Anderson. Oh, yeah, him.
1: Him. Yeah, he got nominated technically as well. But we, you know, me and you, the heavy lifting... We got nominated for a Kearney Award. We we definitely we done right.
2: We done it.
1: It's 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 so easy to make a joke out of something like that, but I'm I, I don't I don't intend to have it uh, land as a joke. It's, it's it's a huge honor for me. No, I'm you. still in shock and yeah. <laughs> beyond
2: humbled that we were even considered for anything.
1: And we found out a little bit more about the process of uh, how we got nominated this past week. Um, so to you guys who nominated us. Happy listening. Thank you for tuning in.
2: Wait, what I miss? I'll tell
1: you out here. I'll tell you out fair.
2: All right. We have more important things to talk I about. I was
0: right going to say, uh, did we learn something? I don't remember learning anything.
1: I think you and I learned it at the same time, but uh, it was with a uh, a guest of ours who friend of the show, fr- a friend of the show who kind of filled us in on the uh, the nominating process for that particular award show. Oh, we are uh, happy to be there. Uh, and thrilled, when we, overjoyed, and when to be we there. lose. We'll be
2: happy to be there, too. We certainly will.
1: We'll just get drunker. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. It's open bar there, right? I don't know. Open bar for me. I I
2: don't get a whole lot of uh, invites to award shows, but uh, in this case, I guess we'll just have to see how it goes.
1: And if you're in the Louisville area... That evening, January 14th, we will be there. Let know. us know. Um, we'll go get... Uh, I like Against the Grain a lot. We'll go get some Against the Grain or something before the awards show with our, our dear listeners. If you guys are interested, just let us know. Mm-hmm. We have a interview. We have interviews every week. That's we what do. we do. We have an interview going up. It went up today, actually, as we are speaking with Dream Girl Ellie.
2: Yes, that was a fun episode. That was fun a fun interview.
1: Really, really, really fun. Really, really fun to sit down with her. Um, totally different side of Dream Girl Ellie than you've seen on television. Not just because of her recent change in attitude, just a different side of her. A lot more of her than um, I think, either rightfully or wrongfully, she's been able to show on OVW television.
2: Yeah, this was one of the episodes uh, where I came into it with one set of expectations and I left with something different entirely. And uh, what we got was so much more mm-hmm. than what I thought we were going to get. So thank you, Dream Girl Ellie, for spending time with us. And uh, I looking, I'm looking forward to go back, going back and listening to that interview.
1: And not only, and we say, I think we say this with everybody, not only was it more than we thought we were going to, it, it was way more than we deserve. Yes, it was uh, really it was it was awesome to be able to sit down with Dream Girl Ellie this past week, and we do have another interview coming up.
2: Oh, we certainly do.
1: Is this guy? He's really young in the business. He's never done anything. We're
0: we're just trying to help, really to help. Yeah, put it we're really.
1: Little, yeah. we got someone called us. Thank you, Tiny Brian, producer Tiny Brian. Someone called us and they said, can you help this young guy out? He hasn't ever worked at WrestleMania. He hasn't ever worked some of the most memorable angles of the entire Attitude Era. He hasn't owned OVW. He hasn't been on Tough Enough. This guy really hasn't done anything in his career. He hasn't
2: and, written several uh, hasn't books. Written several, he hasn't written he hasn't, books. He hasn't done any comedy. He hasn't comedy.
1: television. He hasn't done stand-up. He's what was his
0: name? He's certainly not the star of the Netflix docuseries Wrestlers. They're,
1: and he's not married to Jessica, who gives uh, what looks like in the Netflix series a great back rub. She's my,
0: definitely certified to do <laughs> so, so. My my
1: yes. back, my back felt better after watching Jessica <laughs> give give our guests. Yeah, a, the a the more rub.
2: we watched that, the more I thought,
1: "Damn, man! You know, I could
2: I could go for one of those." I
1: forget his name though. What's his name?
2: Uh, I, I I don't remember. Not his legal one. No, we found that one out. Yeah, we did find that one out. It's, uh, Owl Christmas, I it, uh, Hallelujah, Al so, Snow. right Yeah. That's it. All Producer right, Malachi
1: yes. Al Snow, right? Okay. That yeah. was the guy. We had Al Snow on this past week.
2: Yeah, we sure did.
1: It and was awesome.
2: <laughs> I don't even know where to begin to talk about how just thrilled we were to to have him on our show for him to take time and come down and talk to us at great length. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. At, at, in fact, guys. So regular listeners will know that our our podcast interviews are generally 20 minutes we don't want like to go go we don't like to to keep our wrestler people talking. Don't,
1: people don't know us that much time no,
0: no. Nuts. but al was was so generous and uh really kind of took over the studio uh was sort which of, is just in, fine yeah, yeah. he basically yeah. was the host of that particular show <laughs> so we went i believe 101 minutes if i if Malik has given me the Hassan's that, yes, 101
1: minutes. That's like four episodes. That's actually what I was going to say is that uh, the interview, the next interview you guys will hear on your feed is actually the first episode of the Al Snow Show. <laughs> 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 um, we will
0: I, probably break that podcast up into two
1: we we try to run a tight ship around here like um you know uh, albeit we've got like a fucking 90s cover band above us right now and you yeah, can we probably hear them sorry on the sorry if you microphone. can hear that but
0: there's nothing we can do
1: and i'm really actually i'm really sorry you didn't get to hear their version of breaking the girl by the red hot chili peppers um that's like what the, really really sorry you that's guys what that didn't was? hear that um it was supposed to be ah
0: all right, let's stop building with the cut with the cutless <laughs> man. We don't know.
1: No, seriously. Um Out having alibi. This was being. It, it, it will end up being our last interview of the year. It'll end up being one of our last shows that we record this year. Yes. And the last six months of this has been insane. The last six months of this has been actually crazy yeah. to live through and bonkers. And um, well, guys,
0: just look at the sign behind you. It sort of documents the work you've Yeah, wrote.
1: this is. You mean that one? <laughs> I mean, that one. Yeah. This is every
0: one that we've ever had that on one right the podcast. There? The one I'm pointing at. Yes, and uh, yes. that one. If you zoom in, guys, and enhance, you can see Al Snow is actually the first person to sign on the podcast. On Not
1: the actual guy. belt. Not only did Al Snow sign on the belt, but Head did as well. Well, yeah. <laughs> <Yes>.
0: <laughs> Head's actually taken up residency here in the studio,
2: as Al did when he was here when when the man is in the building, it's his studio
0: indeed in fact, I finally had to start st- I stood up and you'll hear Al he's he, uh, he's going on and we're, we're, we're at about probably hours 62 63 something like that and uh, I'm sorry no I'm sorry more like 90 or like 88 89 like deep into this. Just before you guys wrap up, I finally, because I had people texting me, I had, like, the whole building was sort of concerned. Yeah,
1: we have, like, other things going on in this building, not just a podcast.
0: And a 90s band. To yeah, something.
1: and a 90s cover band. Yeah.
0: There's a lot going on here, folks. So there was some concern, and finally I had to stand up because Jackman wouldn't look me in the eye so I could tell him to wrap the interview.
1: Well, I mean, I kept looking at, I kept just listening to Al. Yeah. And Al was actually, as you will hear in the interview, he's the one who said, Oh, um, your producer is standing up right now. I think that means that we need to. We need to uh, wind it down. And then I think he talked for another 35 fucking yeah, minutes. There, there another, yeah,
0: there was another. There, that is not the end. That, is just, <laughs> yeah. that just marks the beginning of the end. That
2: is the, begin of the beginning of the southern goodbye, where yes. you kind of acknowledge that you need to leave, but you're not going to leave for another half hour or so. Very and different. I saw you over there giving me the look like we need to wrap this up, and I'm thinking, buddy, we're talking to Al Snow. I'm not going to tell him to do anything. <laughs> You, no. You tell him we need to wrap it up because I'm just going to sit here and listen to stories.
1: Tiny Brian, you're a big guy. I mean, Al Snow, he's a bigger guy. <laughs> sure. Yeah. yeah.
2: And I'm, uh, I'm pretty sure he could take you.
0: Are you kidding? Probably all of us. Yeah, for, he could take us. He could take all four of us simultaneously. At yeah. the same t- Yes, yeah. exactly.
1: Yeah. For anybody that hasn't seen a picture or a video or anything... um. From Al Snow since his time in WWE. First off, welcome to the show. I don't know how you found out find yourself here. <laughs> this Our is twenty twenty three. Second no off aboard. he's bigger than he ever was in his god, professional yeah. wrestling career. <laughs> yeah. He's a, he is a um an Adonis. A god amongst men, a statue. Right?
0: Okay, so so we've made it clear we love Al Snow. We do. He's coming soon, probably in two parts, probably next week.
1: So. Um and you know how much I love Al Snow. He just came in one part for me. Yeah. Oh. Wait, does that is that a cell phone? He 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 sat and talked about my fucking mother so much. <laughs> and I try. I, I was trying to get him back. I was trying to get him back, but I think I just got myself instead.
0: He talked about my mother, and she's been dead for
1: a <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Hey, yeah. Malachi, sorry to hear about your grandma. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. That is let's, how that works. Let's clear this up. Let's clear this up. Let's yes. move. Let's move. Like we're we're journalists, right? Yes. Sometimes. Absolutely. Sometimes.
0: Yes. You're 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 a journalist, mm-hmm. and your big, pink, fluffy, uh, Christmas themed. For those of you who only listen to the podcast, you can see us now on YouTube. You can uh, just search for OVW Podcast on YouTube, and you can see that both of our hosts this evening are Christmas themed. Brian is wearing a, uh, a, a nice Festivus shirt because he's here to air grievances. Yeah, because
1: we have a lot of shit to complain about tonight, baby.
0: And uh, Jackman is in, his, in a, a pink, Big fluffy. Big pink nightmare. Yeah, from if you've seen A Christmas Story and uh, the thing that uh, he had to wear Christmas morning, Jackman is wearing it willingly because he's, he's a real. Because I'm a team player. Exactly.
1: That's right. Um the 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 one thing that I would like to say though, goddamn this fucking band is loud as shit and they are not good. Um the one thing I would like to say though is after this break we'll be baking down all of the action from Christmas Chaos emanating live from historic Davis Arena originally um on what? That was December sixteenth. The sixteenth, right after this.
0: Hey guys, Tiny Bryan here and uh actually want to take a little... You, you've heard me talk about Bluegrass Homefront here in this space uh, for several weeks now. I'm going to take a little break from that to talk about a little OVW thing, or an OVW podcast thing. And that is, you just heard about it, we now have our YouTube channel running. YouTube.com mm-hmm. slash uh, OVW o- podcast. Um, all of our episodes will now start to release videos, starting with episode 20, the ep- the episode that released... On Tuesday for the uh, Nightmare Before Christmas Chaos episode. Uh, You can get that. You can get all of our interviews starting with Al Snow. Mm -hmm. The Al Snow interview will post to the YouTube channel next Thursday. So look for that. Look for shorts. Look for all kinds of madness only on the OVW Podcast YouTube channel. Now back to the OVW Podcast. YouTubing for their channel already in progress.
1: And I'd like to say this, and I know we're supposed to act like we can't hear the ad, but I'm going to break the fourth wall a little bit. I don't shave my legs for nothing. So if you guys aren't tuning in to the YouTube channel, then we're going to stop doing it. And actually, I'll quit the whole fucking podcast if you guys don't start tuning in to the YouTube channel. That's a, that's a promise. A very tentative promise. Not
2: only are you invited to listen to our silly bullshit, now you can also... See our silly bullshit. Live in Technicolor, as the kids say.
1: And we make more money on YouTube than we do on Spotify, so just like watch it on YouTube.
2: Wait, you guys are getting paid? No.
1: Nobody's getting don't, paid. Don't,
0: don't, don't tell them we get paid. Oh, yeah, no. No, Brian, we, we don't, there's no money involved. Oh, God.
1: Okay. God. Except for um that $20 you spent to... Buy pizza earlier. That okay. that money was real. Um, all the rest of the money, though, that we that is involved in this podcast is very conceptual. Oh, I see. Yeah. yeah All right then. Yeah. Don't all bring right. that up
0: again. So let's get to the pay per view.
1: <laughs> Are we? Do you want to start at the pay per view? You want to start at the pre show? I mean, let's
0: give you the pre show well, stuff. Let's do the pre show. The, the pre show is pretty interesting.
1: So Jay De Niro, Jeb Die, Blackhawk. That was our first match in the pre show. Um, as opposed to most of the time on Ohio Valley wrestling television and definitely on pay-per-view, we actually got to see the pre-show in the feed. this Yes, time. we did. You uh, and Tiny Brian, producer Brian, were there. I was not. Yes. Um, so you guys saw the pre-show in person. No, <laughs> well, we saw some of the pre-show. <laughs> that
2: would imply that we were early, and in fact, we were not. <laughs> okay.
1: Okay. <laughs> well, we got
0: there before the actual. We did get seven there before
2: the actual bell, but the, we got I, there
0: at the end of the three-way women's match, which is about two of the pre show so. Oh well, then there you are.
2: I, I figured that there was a pre-show, but I was not aware of who would be part of that, and uh, now I know, and knowing is half the battle.
1: It's kind of crazy to me, and we'll get more into this as we delve through this podcast or delve through this pay-per-view, whatever. Um, It's kind of crazy to me that there were three matches for women on this OVW pay-per-view, and only two of them were competitive, and one of them was on the pre-show. That was, of course, the one between Schlotze, Rolal, Iron Girl, TD, and Harley Jane. Um, Harley Jane,
0: this time not looking like Dollar Store, Haley J.
1: I just... For me, personally, there's, like, little little to no buildup for this match, which is fine. We hadn't really seen these three interact on television. That's fine. I do not know why that match, with the people that are in it, and the quality of match that it was, was not on the pay-per-view, and we couldn't see... Uh, That fucking debacle between the Bad Girls Club and the Von Rockets on the pre show.
2: Yeah, that is a very good point. And uh, not realizing that there were three matches before uh, the actual pay per view started, I was unaware that uh, what the matches were until just now. And I'm sure that a a match of that caliber would have uh, outshined the uh, Von Rockets. Bad Girls Club segment, which was supposed to be a match and, and technically was uh, a mess.
1: And it's not that they didn't belong on the pay-per-view. It's not that that didn't belong on the pay-per-view or those performers didn't belong on the pay-per-view. It's that that was actually one of the most egregious things I've ever seen um, in wrestling television in general. <laughs> and I sat through a Playboy bra and panties Lumberjill match once. So, but we'll get there. We'll get there. A lot to a lot to talk about on this little pay per view. So tonight.
0: Ragnar the Ruthless got his first win during
1: the pre show. And who did he beat? ZDP guy mm-hmm. who can't buy a win for shit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. You want to? So, let's start. Let's start at the beginning. Let's go. To, let's let's go to the right. Like let's go to the uh, the proper show, right? alright
2: I'm gonna go ahead and dig right on in, huh? Yeah. Yeah. As far I think as I think
1: we've covered everything. Like I'm in a bad mood tonight, Brian. We're gonna this. It's gonna be one of those type of shows tonight. Are you sure? <laughs> I don't, it doesn't have to be, but it's gonna be. Oh, it's gonna be.
2: Whether you like it or not. No, it's... whether you like it
1: or not. I'm having fun no matter what. Main show TW3 Bo-Amir. Um That's the first match of the show.
2: Yeah, we we got there right as uh, that was that was beginning. I was I was surprised to see Boamir make a. Uh, Christmas Chaos pay-per-view appearance because he's only been on to uh, to my recollection once
1: that's actually a really good it was, twice, Dur- but was it
2: twice no. during our podcasting mm-hmm. and, w- and what have you like the kids say
1: I felt um, I felt pretty much exactly the same way it was someone that I had kind of um, not because he's not impressive or not because he sure. doesn't have like a, a lot of screen presence or a lot of charisma but he was someone that I had forgotten about because yeah. I hadn't seen him on TV in so long
2: and he he's not uh, currently part of uh, at the TW3 storyline or right. the Rush Division storyline uh, it's like um, uh, TW3 just rolled the dice and it's like okay you get Boemir,
1: boom, and action. For me though this is exactly why you have someone like TW3 on the roster is maybe he didn't know until 10 minutes before the show happened that he was going to have that match but he rose to the occasion. He made Boamir look like a bajillion dollars. Oh, yeah. Um, worked all the way around him. Like, really, like, Boamir's impressive. Boamir is a, a presence in the ring. Uh, there's parts of him that aren't fully developed yet. But when you're in there with someone like uh, TW3, 20 years worth of experience, knows how to work around that and knows how to make you look like uh, you're a fucking world killer the way that he did... Like, that, that was a really, really, really good choice. In a in a night of choices that um, I have contention with. Is this supposed to be. Yeah,
0: smells like Teen Spirit? Yeah. Yeah. No. Yes, it is. That is, is it? That, is, that, is, that, 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 that purports to it's be Smells Like Teen Spirit. R-
1: for, Yikes, a song, for a song you really can... don't have to be on key for, they are way off key. Um,
2: Talk about acting stupid and contagious. <laughs>
1: No, but seriously, like this is this for me. This is um, not necessarily a match about Omar Amir versus TW3. This is a match about or
0: Bo Amir. Bo Amir. Omar Did being I, a, totally, his a cousin, totally different person. Yeah, his cousin Omar Amir. Yeah,
1: who I guess just goes by Omar now. No, Bo Amir. You're right. I'm sorry. Um this was really a match for T W three to, to me, to show exactly what he's good at. I can have a match with anybody. I know anybody. I know everybody type. I know every batch type. I know I know what to do. So put me in, coach. Yeah. And and, and
0: TW three is so popular, he doesn't need a storyline. You just throw him in there with somebody and
1: the crowd is gonna go crazy.
2: He could have wrestled a mop and gotten everybody in the place behind him.
1: As the man said himself, I'm the Midwest ace because I can have a match with anybody and it's going to be good.
2: Yeah, as the kids say, he's, uh, he's got the riz.
1: Find that quote in um, our feed, in our interview with TW3. Do it. Find it. So I, when we were kind of like working our way up to this match or this night of matches, I said that I thought Blanco Loco and Will Austin, the future Will Austin, were going to be match of the night. And you guys looked at me like I was crazy. Turns out I probably was. Because match of the night, this next one we're about to talk about.
0: This was incredible to watch live. Jack
1: Vaughn, Tony Gunn, yeah. father-to-be, rematch for the OVW Heavyweight Championship. As perfect of a ladder match as I've ever seen. WrestleMania, what is that, 14. No, no, no. What would that? I guess WrestleMania 12.
2: Are you talking about uh, Razor Ramon versus Shawn Michaels?
1: Better than that.
2: (laughs) It it, (laughs) like it was a very satisfying match.
1: It was incredible. These two guys did, and it's so it's so easy sometimes to when you see live wrestling, especially like live wrestling when you're only like in a crowd of like 400, like you are at the Davis Arena. It's so easy to get um, taken. Uh, manipulated by the stipulation, right? To say, oh, it's a ladder match, so it's good automatically. And it might not actually be that good. No. This is as good of a ladder match as I've ever seen in my life.
2: I would like to know how much of Jack Vaughn's spine is still intact.
1: That finish was incredible. <laughs> yeah.
2: I, I think yeah. I got a still of that, and he's like just hovering. And you know what's going to happen, and you can feel how bad what is going to happen next is going to hurt. And all I gotta say is, I don't envy Jack Vaughn one bit after that match because I'm sure he went home and was sore, so
1: sore. Ouch. There's a part in this match where Tony Gunn slingshots Jack Vaughn into the rope And Jack Vaughn hits the ropes and then uses his momentum from the slingshot to just instantly start climbing the ladder. That was great. I don't know if I've ever seen that before. I'm not saying he invented it, but I can't remember if I've ever seen that before. And that was probably, that was amongst the best spots I've ever seen in a ladder match. Yeah. Like, I really cannot, if you watch one match from this show, make it that one. Make it that one. Tony Gunn, of course, wins, beats Jack Vaughn. Retains his OVW championship. Uh, we want to say, as a podcast, congratulations, sir, with a young baby gun on the way.
2: Congratulations, Mr. Gun.
1: Champion? Champion Gun. Champion Gun. Darling to me and Mrs. to you.
0: I have, you know, just one more thing before we move on. Like that ending spot where they had the. Mm-hmm. the 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 ladder suspended between the standing ladder and the ropes so that it was laying horizontal for Jack to let, to fall across off the top or off the top of the ladder. Yeah. he Has that ever f- been, I've watched ladder matches. I've watched tables, ladders and chairs matches. I've never seen something like that.
2: I've seen it. I've seen it I've in seen, uh, yeah. okay, one see, of this the, this is why uh, you guys are the hosts. The, the bigger competitors. Uh, and I can't remember who was in the match, but I, I saw a, a ladder that was stretched from uh, the hardest part of the ring. I, right. I put that the, in there for yeah. you. The apron. The and apron, the yes. um, uh, announce desk. And somebody oh, wow. went through that. Oh,
0: that's, yeah,
1: that's worse. Yeah. yeah, that's a lot. Okay. Um, I, I believe
2: the proper term is hurdy.
1: If we're um, if we're just talking about great ladder matches from recent memory, there was one on NXT. I think it was a four-way ladder match from like three or four years ago. Vel- uh, Velveteen Dream, Ricochet, Adam Cole. Um, just, you know, we don't like to talk about the bigger guys, but. Since you no, mentioned it, Tiny Brian, that's, that's, that's a hell of a match. You should watch it, and all of our listeners should watch it as well. Um, I mean, really, like we can't say anything more, right? Like about it that was, match. Yeah, I, 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 I will not spoil this match by talking about it. I will leave it up to our dear listeners to actually just watch it. As well, you should
2: if. I agree with you. If you watch one match from Christmas Chaos, this would be the one to catch.
1: Next match, Maximo Suave, my new close personal best friend, Maximo Suave, and uh, my soon-to-be best enemy to get bundles. Uh, they were the next match of the night. Again, kind of a cold match, little out of nowhere. Two very like two guys that know how to wrestle. Um, two guys that know how to take up a ring and know how to take up time. But there was nothing storyline-wise that invested me in this match. Um,
2: well, I mean, there there wasn't uh, an actual story that led up to it. And it wasn't part of an ongoing story. But, uh, you know, as as it was uh, standalone, um, I mean, it was a relatively short night for our boy Maximo uh, to get bungles, bundles comes out on top.
1: Unfortunately, I think that Maximo is just the type of worker that is going to lose matches like this. And uh, that's not like me taking away from his ability because there's really nothing for me to take away from. But he's just a little too good to not lose matches like this. Like, that's like... I hate to that is that is not me being disparaging by any stretch of the imagination. In fact that's probably the biggest compliment you can give a wrestler is that you're so good you can lose. But um I just I don't I'm not I don't I don't get the connection with they get bundles in general. I don't
0: It feels like they're on the verge of trying to give him a little push. Like this feels like setting the table for twenty twenty four. More than resolving anything pre- from
1: previous.
2: Also, uh, they've, they've made mention of uh, his faction
1: mm-hmm.
2: more than once.
1: Well, and like, let's, let's get...
2: And referring to him as the silverback of the guerrilla gang. So I would imagine that that means that he will be uh, joined by some uh, younger compatriots. In the coming year.
1: Do you remember how we were talking to Al Snow about when uh, people that don't watch wrestling have a problem with it? Like in terms of when they accused him of being like violent towards women because of head. You remember that in, the, in our sure, interview? Yeah. Somebody who doesn't watch wrestling is going to hear them refer to him as the silverback gorilla of, of his gang. And they are going to be like, what the fuck did you just say? <laughs>
0: Honestly it, it, it set off. It's know, a little it's like oh my. Yeah, maybe it's I, a little maybe not too,
1: what I would say. Right? Yeah. And like let's like let's just like let's dig it bundles is black we all know what the when when
0: <laughs> there are things that have yes. been said about yes. people of african american descent to be disparaging at various times and
1: it, it's just not i would have never as a professional broadcaster or somewhat professional broadcaster i would have never tried to delve into that territory at all so maybe maybe we just dial that back a little bit but who am i to complain who am i to complain i don't know anything um Digit Bundles, of course, takes the win over Maximo Suave. We love Maximo, but it wasn't your night tonight, kid. Unfortunately not. The next fight was the fight that I had not without um good intention, but I had called it what I thought was going to be match of the night. It really wasn't for me. I don't think. That it was a bad match between um, Orion, the former uh, Blanco Loco, and the future Will Austin. It just—I don't. These are two guys that I know beyond the shadow of a doubt can burn the barn down. For That's me, true. I just don't know. The most excited I got during this entire match was watching them sell for each other. There were there was like literally no spot for me. Where I I thought either one of these guys were doing what I knew they could do, for me the most exciting thing was like I think Orion had an O'Connor role or an O'Connor roll <laughs> halfway to like during a cell and like that was the most that was the thing that I took away as being the most exciting part of the entire match. I just I, I know we're not done because I know the way that OVW tells stories, but I really want the next time I see these two guys in the ring with each other to be the Blow out.
2: The slobber knocker.
1: Yeah. The knockdown drag out. Yeah. Um, and the way that OVW tells things, the way that OVW does things, it's not like um, some of the other like national or international competitors. But I really did walk into this match wanting something along the lines of Osprey Ricochet from Best of the Super Juniors 2015. And I didn't get – to be honest, I felt like I got something from – from like uh you know uh N D Corporation in the early nineties. It, it was slow and it was deliberate and doesn't mean it's bad. Doesn't mean it's it's a bad match. I just wanted so much more from these two guys.
2: I figured it would have been a much more uh fast paced, yeah. high flying match. And uh it it was not that. That's not to say that it was a bad no. match. It it was a, a very solid match, uh on uh, behalf of both competitors, and um, I, I agree with you. I hope that the next time we see these two, uh, Jesus, the next time we uh, see these people uh, get together in the ring, um, we get that match—the high-flying, knockdown, drag-out, fast-paced, high-energy.
1: Well, and to be honest, the build to this wasn't tremendous either. So, like, not only was the the build a little cold, but you put me into a match that should have been all over the place high flying, and then it just wasn't. So, like to me, I think that (laughs) I think there's three people that got fucked over in this thing. I think that Will Austin got fucked over, I think Orion got fucked over, and I think that us as the fucking fan got fucked over during this whole thing. (laughs) The build, the match, and everything else. However, having said that these two guys, if there's any two guys on the roster that can make up for um, maybe a misstep, it's these two guys. It's oh, yeah. It's these two guys. Yeah. So I'm looking for it. And we, it's OVW. Sometimes when stories end, they've got another three or four weeks. Sometimes when stories have another three or four weeks, they end abruptly. I think this is one that we're going to see probably up until the middle of March.
2: So it's like another Southern goodbye, where this is just like, "Hey, I'm acknowledging that this is happening," and then we're going to see it go on for like another three I months mean, or so.
0: There wasn't even a stipulation to this match. This is definitely not the last match.
1: Well, and it's OVW, so guess what? It ain't over until there's a stipulation. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and frankly, that's just, not that's not me complaining. It's that's just, the, just the way
0: it is. Yeah. That's... The big matches end with a stipulation no
2: and for from my standpoint there is no complaining from me during the course of this uh podcast because i am i'm happy to be a part of all of it i was happy to be in attendance at davis arena i was happy that uh tiny brian drove me there i was happy that we got to go out and and watch the wrestling like we do sometimes and uh, uh i'm i'm
1: Brian, uh, okay, uh, I'm going Brian, to complain about uh, that. Okay, all right. Listen, listen, Brian. People call you the emotional centerpiece of this podcast. Today. Wait, who? People, magazine. People, magazine. Right? Okay, People yeah. magazine. All Them, right. and they talk a lot. They, they do. Yeah. What I, what, what I want to say is, I don't disagree, Brian. That is, that is the strength that you bring every week to this podcast. Is your outlook, how great of a guy you are, how much of an open heart you have. Brian, during this holiday season, I would like to say that I appreciate you. Having said that, you said you don't want to complain. Just answer me. Answer this. Oh, Lord. What do you think of the next match? Because you don't want to complain, right? I I don't want to complain.
2: However, anything that I might say uh, that could be considered at all disparaging is said with love. Now, fuck this match.
1: That's what I like. I'll, I'll Are you talking
2: about the Vaughn Rockets and the Bad Girls Club? I am. That I wasn't am. really a match. No, exactly, the, exactly. There was there was no bell. There was no ding, ding, ding at exactly. the beginning. Mm. The part about this segment that I keep I, talking I like, dirty to me, baby. I, I, I like the least was okay. So they've brought Dream Girl Ellie into the Bad Girls Club, yeah. which I think is a great move, and she is a perfect addition. And Absolutely. quite frankly, her skill set outshines everybody else. Combined, as far as her tenacity and her, uh, um, just get people uh, to take anybody down and put them in a submission hold like that. Can I pause you right there? Okay.
1: Um, Tiny Brian or uh, producer Malachi, my guest is here. If you could get them, that would be great. I really appreciate it. We can cut this yes. later. No, we can't. Um, um, it's uh, Miss Alex is her name. Um, she has to
2: know the password.
1: No, look. Like I said this on the the uh, the go home show review of 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 this match. We've done such a good job, deservedly so, of putting over the OVW women's division, of saying that the OVW women's division is better than the big guys because it is. Yeah. and then this piece of shit gets floated out there. And I, I just, this is like one of, this is like the most 2004 raw Vince McMahon at the nobody can tell me no, like bra and panty bullshit I've ever seen in my life. And I'm so surprised that not only did it happen on OVW television, but it, it doesn't look like it's going to go anywhere. Like it's, it it looks like it's going to continue to happen on Ohio Valley Television week in and week out.
2: Well, getting back to my original point, the the part that I had the biggest problem with was Dream Girl Ellie, and it wasn't her as mm-hmm. a person, but, I mean, before she joined the Bad Girls Club, she uh, was very formidable. Yes. Uh, even, I mean, and even more so here recently, her skill set uh, after training with uh, Malachi Black. Black. And uh, I mean, she's made uh, significant progress that is noticeable week in, week out. And she's like, they dress her up, and she kind of has a uh, Martha Plimpton vibe from Two Hundred Cigarettes, if you're familiar with that movie. I, w-
1: I was kind of thinking that she reminded me of, um, of uh, the the goth girl or the the weirdo girl from from Breakfast Club. Ally oh. Sheedy. Yeah. Okay. When I she gets that. dressed up, and then all of a sudden the football players interested like, in her. Yeah, and me, fifteen-year-old Jackman was like, "Oh wait, she was hot the whole time. Um, what do you, what do you mean? Do you that's mean? that's kind of like what this reminds me of. Is is they've put a, a new um, paint of code on her, and um, she's not the dream girl Ellie that I have been a fan of for the last little bit, and I really. I think it's going to serve the storyline uh, over time. But I really hate to see this new version of Dream Girl Ellie after the tutelage from Malachi Black. Um, I really hate to see her kind of get her um, her legs taken out from underneath her because I, I thought the trajectory she was on was fine.
2: Yeah, she was, like, white hot.
1: Yeah, and and granted, still is. Granted, this is going to end up being... Um, this is going to end up being like a great, really paid-off, thoughtful storyline. I know it will be because I have I have faith in OVW. I have faith in Al Snow. I have faith in the writers and the bookers of this program, um, in a way that I don't have faith in <laughs> the big guys most of the time. No, but um, I really do. I question. Uh, I do question. When Dream Girl Ellie was so white hot, why did we have to change her right now?
2: I'm sure that there are reasons that we are not yet aware of. At least, uh, I sincerely like to think that uh, that is the case, but we will see.
1: And then, not only that, but she's only been a part of the the group for about a week, and she's her and Layla already have issues with each other. Yeah.
2: So may, maybe this will be the uh, internal combustion engine that uh, knocks the wheels off the Bad Girls Club. Who knows?
1: Next match was a championship bout for the Country Boy Kentucky Heavyweight Championship title.
2: Yeah, it, it was. And before we get into talking about the match itself, um, the, a lot of times in wrestling there is foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. You can see uh, a segment that appears before a match and based on how the segment goes, you might have a decent indication of how the uh, the match might go. Uh, right. Superior Tony Evans, uh, fine outstanding individual on, uh, on the OVW programming. Love his mic One skills. Of the best. Big Truly. fan of his. Uh, goes out and kills it week after week. But uh, going out and and cutting a promo like this before this match um I'm not really used to seeing him be being used in that way like as a almost as a comic foil like I mean all the intensity was there but uh the the lines uh were were just a little different than usual so I kind of figured uh that uh I I had an idea of how things were going to go, and uh, it turns out that I was right. Uh, Although Superior Tony Evans, being the country boy heavyweight champion, uh, wrestled a hell of a match, it was not his right, not his night, so uh, I would like to offer my congratulations to the new Kentucky boy heavyweight champion,
1: Star Rider. Two things for me, two things for me, one one that you touched on, Um, yeah, it was very apparent, from the moment because as he does most of the time before his matches he got a promo it was very apparent to me that he knew that that he was going to lose yeah he walked through the curtain like a loser walks through the curtain like sometime and that's okay like you don't you don't always win these things you don't always win these things no championship is forever but me As a viewer, I'm supposed to believe that this is a competitive bout. I'm supposed to believe that you're going out there like your life is on the line. And I didn't get that from him walking through the curtain. That's first things first. Second thing is, it was time for him to leave that belt behind. It was time for somebody else to be the champion. And it was time for Star Rider to be a champion. Um, Again. Yeah. So... I just think I think that as far as like business goes, this was everything that it had to be. Tony Evans needs some time off. Not like I'm tired of seeing him, but um, he just, guy needs a breather. Guy works so hard. Yeah. Guy works so hard. He,
2: he is a very hardworking give, individual. Give man. him a
1: few weeks off, bring him back as a, in a little bit of a different of a package. And people will love him.
2: Well, here is what I want to know following uh, the last couple weeks' uh, stories with uh, uh, Tony Evans and Star Rider. Um, Jay De Niro was not allowed to be uh, mm-hmm. we at did ringside. Him, we did see him during we saw the uh, pre
1: show match. During the
2: pre show mm-hmm. with a, a great match uh, with Jebediah Blackhawk. Shout out to uh, Mr. Blackhawk, the Proud of the Holler. And um, the uh, the fact that he. Um, wasn't allowed at ringside this time and ultimately uh, Tony Evans lost the belt here uh, makes me wonder whether or not uh, they are going to be parting ways and uh, Jade De Niro will be uh, sparking a, a singles career instead of just being a, a hired gun for I actually Tony Evans. thought
1: about this because um, we had talked about it a few weeks ago I know, we said, we said what does the babyface run of Tony Evans look like? Right. I know what it looks like right now. I've thought about it. We haven't heard Jay Monero talk a lot, if on, at all. On camera, no. We have here on this very feed if you want to find it. Which
2: you can find in our feed
1: um, of podcast. He's going to start talking a shitload. We're not going to see Tony Evans for a little bit. The moment Tony Evans comes back, what is he going to say to Jay DeNiro? Someone that we haven't heard talk forever, who just started talking <coughs> as the storyline uh, starts between him and Tony Evans. What does Tony Evans say to Jay DeNiro the moment he comes back? Hush. hush. Exactly. That's where the fucking babyface turn is. That's right. That's fucking it right there. And and um, you guys can have that one for free. You guys can have that one for free. I came up with that one all by my lonesome. Um, But I I think, I really do think that's where we're going, is Hush is way too over, Hush is way too good, let's let's let Tony Evans breathe for a few weeks, and let's bring Hush back in a totally different context. Who knows, maybe
2: he'll uh, start doing charity work with a local animal shelter and he can have Hush puppies.
1: So I um, already complained about Bad Girls Club and the Von Rockets um this and like that 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 really was to me that was egregious that was like something that didn't have any place on the show that was something that set all of the people in that segment back this next uh <coughs> match i understand the outcome of even though i don't support it if you're a listener of the show you know how i feel about the team formerly known as Lion Chops oh i know thank god formerly known as Lion Chops Currently known as, for whatever reason, the Golden Lions, which is only slightly better than Lion Chops.
2: It's like Golden Earring and White Lion had a baby and it ended up being an OVW tag team.
1: It's, well, see, here's the thing is I like White Lion. I'm sorry. <laughs> Cashflow and Malibali Shira—they're this fucking, uh, this fucking wishy-washy, like thrown together Lego piece tag team. Netflix motivated. Netflix motivated tag team, and I wanted to drill Al so hard about that. I really did. I really wanted to drill Al and say, "Oh, you've did never you- made—you've never made a booking decision." Um about uh netflix no, n- nothing that happened on netflix has ever affected any decision that's been made in OVW. but i didn't do that because the guy was going to knock the shit out of me if i tried to do
2: that actually he was going to knock the shit out of me to get to you to knock yeah, the shit exactly. out of you
1: i was putting brian in danger by suggesting that al has ever done anything he didn't want to do and that's brian, right folks i was a human shield i'll put myself in danger i'm not putting you in danger buddy couldn't do this without you You're the heart and soul of this podcast. You you can find any other dumb fucking drunk asshole to come in here and complain about wrestling week to week, but you're the thing that makes this work. So I'm not I was not gonna get you hit, alright? But like You just can't tell me. You you literally cannot tell me that those two did not get put together because of Netflix. And you cannot tell me they didn't win because of Netflix.
2: Of course. Of course. And that was the point that uh, Beaches and Cream were trying to make. That's right. why they right. did what they did. And even that's though, why I
1: support Beaches and Cream. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And I get it. But let me tell you this. The pop they got. Was, was the biggest the, pop of the night? Biggest by pop far, of the night, by far. Oh my goodness! In that
0: moment, it was insane. Yeah. But, but I will say that I put on our social feed earlier this week a way for our audience to tell us what they're most excited about for be for this and the Beaches and Cream remake rematch won by a landslide. That seems to be where the people's heart is.
1: I um. Well, I mean, that's where we're going. First off, yeah, like that's definitely what's going to end up happening. We're oh, yeah. not OVW for better or for worse. God love them, God bless them. Sometimes these matches, sometimes these storylines last way too long. Sometimes they last. You know, I've even said this in the course of this episode. We're not out of the woods on Beaches and Cream and uh she Shira and and Cash Flow, whatever they want to call themselves that week. We're just not.
2: No, and it's it's going to go well into the spring. I'm sure. But um, that's where we are for now.
1: And I know back to the I'm going to complain some more back to the fucking Netflix thing. Uh, It is it is uh, the holiday season. And it is very regular, um, very normal to tell stupid people that things exist that don't exist. But I'm not 17 anymore and I don't believe in Santa anymore. So don't tell me. That you didn't put Malbaisheer and cash flow together because of Netflix. And next time, and next, I'm just, I'm yep. just, I am actually fucking mad about it. <laughs> like, you, I am actually like not okay about it. Tell me how you really it. feel about this. Um, well, in a few weeks when Troy and Amber are back in town and uh, I get to sit down with them at my weekly therapy meeting, they'll be hearing about cash flow and Malbaisheer. Because that's how, like, I'm care. I am losing sleep over how dumb this fucking thing yeah. is. I am losing sleep over them being champions. Not me. Well, uh,
0: hard. Right. T- do, do you want to challenge them? I feel like you're, you're building up. No,
1: have you're you, you to- seen those two guys? <laughs> do, I want to, do I want to fight either one of them? Fuck no. You're going to turn into pulp if you do. Yeah. Yeah. Heavy pulp. Heavy pulp.
0: He will payload you out of
1: this world.
2: <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately.
1: All right, all right. Where are we at? I've been complaining long enough.
2: We pick up next with uh, one of the more anticipated matches of the evening, at least uh, for for my money. From
1: everybody here, for sure.
2: And that would be uh, the ambulance match between OVW Rush Division Champion Cow Hero and Friend of the Show versus Human Thumb and General Annoyance Adam Revolver.
1: And. This was a great match, first off. And yes, it was. I think, I think it also kind of, um, it uh, some prophecies that we had foreseen came true through this match. This match really was, for me, just an excuse to show off how good the Davis Arena looks now. <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> like, like it it really was like and was it a great match and were they able to do all the things that they were supposed to do in the middle of it they totally were. But for me this was hey we've been putting a lot of work triple digits, triple six digits, $150,000 plus more of work into this place. Let's show it off on pay-per-view. We saw it all around the ring, we saw it backstage I think a little bit. Little we, bit. we went outside the outside segment i would put up there with there's a john moxley match from like 2008 and and, you know i I know we don't try to talk about the big guys it's a ccw match where they they follow the three competitors it's a, a triple threat they follow the three competitors outside documentary style and it it's one of the most beautiful things i've ever seen in wrestling as soon as they went outside that's, that's what I, I immediately got reminded of one of my favorite wrestling matches of all time. Watching this OVW match. And they kind of did it a little bit better than that CCW match. Which is not a surprise. CCW is a fucking mess. But like this, this was everything that this match needed to be as a, as a fan. It showed you what the arena looks like. These two guys have been in a blood feud for months. I really think that this is the end of it. I don't know what else we can do after a hanging and a fireball and an ambulance and and mist r- and pepper spray and yeah. mace. Yeah. Like I really don't know what else we can do between Cal Hero and Adam Revolver or anything that really needs
2: to be done. Or
1: anything that I think for me Cal Hero first loses the belt to TW3. Second, challenges for the big belt I think that that's. I think that we. You think
0: maybe he's headed for the Kentucky belt, or I think, think he's
1: heading for the OVW heavyweight championship. I think that he will probably beat Tony Gunn for it, um, and I think that I think that there's nothing else that you can do with him that makes sense other than putting him in that conversation. He's done everything with the Rush Division belt, and he's he's really, really, really put a lot of importance on that belt. And it needed it. It really it needed someone like Cal Hero. It needed a strong, consistent babyface champion like Cal Hero. But he's ready for the next thing, and I think he deserves it. And I can't wait to be there <laughs> when he wins it.
2: Yeah, our little boy's all grows up. I know. Yeah. I know.
1: What a great guy. What a great guy. He is really hell of a guy. Here he is, right here. Yeah, Love you, Cal. <coughs> one of our, I guess one of our first nights here, one of our, the first things we ever did for this podcast was the big one, where yeah. he, he entered first of ten men, right? For uh,
0: faction versus uh, OVW match. Right, and
1: yes. he he, he iron-manned it. He was there from the beginning of the match Start to the end Start to finish. Of the match. And I looked up, and maybe I had a tear in my eye, maybe I didn't, but I gave him the double thumbs up. And he gave me the double thumbs up back. <laughs> and uh, in that moment, um, I was a child. <laughs> like, yeah. like Cal really does have this, like, crazy quality about him where I know that this is supposed to be... its not. I'm not supposed to take maybe OVW seriously as I take other stuff. Or I know that, like, this is... We're talking about fake fights and men in their underwear, you know. I don't care when I watch Cal. I really don't for me he's cody rhodes or like somebody like that where i just i i just want him to do well in this world and i don't care about any of the um i don't care about anybody's outside opinion on him i just want him to do well i almost like need him to do well it's it's strange it's strange to watch somebody like that that i've had personal interactions with that i still just like want. To win so badly
2: yeah like <laughs> he's got a great personality yeah, yeah. he's got a great uh skill set uh he's got a magnetism about him and, yeah. and we certainly hope for the best for everything and when that when, uh, he can get in 2024 when
1: i say like white meat baby face in in the style of cody like he is like he is he's actually a lot more dusty than he is cody and like that's as big of a compliment as you can give a baby face. In this day and age, period.
2: Son of a plumber.
1: Son of the—he's the son of a uh, a uh, promoter, actually, <laughs> right? Well, he should—he should run with that. Son of a promoter, he should run with that. Why not? Because I mean, all the wrestling fans would know he's comparing himself to Dusty, and then oh, yeah. everyone else would know. Oh yeah, we love second generation guys. You know, like it's I she, Cal. You can have that one for free too. Um, Cal Hero, of course, ends up winning, retaining his Rush Division Championship over Adam Revolver. I
2: After think a right. perilous finish mm-hmm. where it looked as though Adam Revolver was done for, and then at the very last second, oh, no, Cal might be the one that's thrown into the ambulance, but uh, lo and behold, Cal Hero comes
1: out on top. It was it was a seriously, like, um, as far as stuff that happened in the ring, it was the uh, Tony Gunn-Jack Bond match for me. Yeah. Um, as far as just like an actual wrestling experience and all of the things that wrestling can be, it was this match for me as far as Master of the night goes.
2: Being there in attendance while this was happening, uh, everything that went from the ring to the ambulance was not on the brand new Jumbotron, mm-hmm.
1: and it until did eventually get up there. it
2: did eventually. But Took there was while. like a, a three to five minute stretch where we weren't entirely sure what was happening because we were on the opposite end of uh, the massive a Davis Arena. Full day. Yes,
0: I asked uh, Joe Cooley, uh, Santa, and uh, head security, and and just really all around all around right, good guy.
2: Yeah. The best.
0: I asked him had he ever seen Davis Arena with more people than what was in For Christmas Chaos, and he said once, and there were no chairs. It was standing room only. Wow. So I wouldn't want to go to that
2: show. No. (laughs) I like being able to uh, sit and and watch the the matches and then go to the snack bar. Did you know that uh, they were giving out free samples of uh, Dano's?
1: Well, I mean, for me, it really just depends which one. They got the original, which is great. Sure. They got the spicy which is good. They got the chipotle now. That's really good too.
2: The chipotle's good. It's, it's I mean it's like
1: I mean like what can't you with dano? You put it on pizza? Put it on celery. I put it, it, doesn't on pizza. it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You you go to McDonald's. You make some you make some aioli out of it. You ever get some Duke's mayo? You put a little bit of uh a dano seasoning in it. You stir it up. You dip your fries in it. It's all really good. Yeah. It is. And if you're a
2: fan of Danos, yum yum, get you some. This was the day for you to come to.
1: (laughs) No, seriously, Davis Arena. I'm so glad you mentioned.
2: It was everywhere. It was. It It was was
1: on the fucking ladder. Yeah, it was on the ladder. <laughs> like, it was on the, the, the trash match. can. It was on, on the trash can during it the Thunder match. It was everywhere. It the, was there were ridiculous. banners.
2: There were ridiculous. koozies filled <laughs> with sample packs. It was like being back in the '80s when they would uh, mail you free samples of Tide.
1: That's. Like, it was it, just
2: everywhere. And hats. Oh my God, the hats.
1: And like now that we've had a little bit of um, one-on-one time with the broadcasting team, two-thirds of the broadcasting team. There were some times where I thought that uh, Mr. Kennison and Mr. Danson were a little fed up with having to mention Danos every five seconds. Uh,
2: Uh, After having talked to those two... uh, I wouldn't have known it without talking
1: to them, but yeah, you're right.
2: I haven't gone and actually watched the... Video of the pay-per-view I was there so we weren't able to hear the commentary Uh, I was more in the moment I didn't take any notes or anything I was just there to Mm -hmm. observe As I always am for the uh, live events But uh, after speaking with them At uh, great hilarious length I can see them getting a little fed up If they have to keep going over the same thing
1: uh, Oh, he's he's got the Danos ladder Uh... Like, yeah, no, it was it was ridiculous. Um, and then, Season's
2: Greetings brought to you by Dano Seasoning.
1: But you mentioned, you know, you didn't get to hear the commentary because no. you were in person. I was watching it on, on TV. This was actually the match where I was very jealous of you guys getting to go. I was celebrating one of my very good friend's birthdays. Wouldn't have missed it for the world. Happy birthday. Miss Ellie, happy birthday. But um, this is actually was one of the reasons why I was glad I watched it on broadcast. It was this match and getting to see all of the outside getting to hear the sure. uh, commentary um i i really do think that part of the experience would have been taken away for me personally if uh i watched particularly this ambulance match in person i really wanted to
2: get outside so i could watch the outside segment live and i was not able to do that because there was uh too much foot traffic between me and the door, so I missed out on that. But I will say that the dents that the uh, Adam revolver um, caused in that trailer next to the ambulance by ramming Cow's Hero, Cow Hero's head into it, um, the owner of that trailer was particularly proud of the fact that their trailer is now dented by Cow Hero's head.
1: I'm gonna be honest the way that they shot that on camera would suggest to me that the trailer was dented before. If you watch, he gets thrown into it. You don't actually see the impact. And then it pans down to the dent. I think that trailer was dented before far be it for me to, take away the, those people's pride and joy um i just think that we had a little bit of like actual just like smart camera um maneuvering that
2: that could very well be the case but uh i'm not going to alter my uh, suspension of disbelief
1: and also cal's too good of a guy to get a possible concussion i won't stand for it i will i will not accept that he may have actually collided with that um license piece of equipment that piece of equipment because uh i don't want them to be hurt Uh, neither do i also shout out to uh mayor craig greenberg it must be nice to know people because uh that was an actual city of louisville ambulance that they were using (laughs) 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 I, i i enjoyed that little piece of information um so next match if you listen to the show you know that i love ridiculous special guest referee outfits um, for me tonight, um, Haley's special guest referee outfit was not ridiculous enough. Uh, no. Uh, but her refereeing was ridiculous.
2: The refereeing actually made up for the fact that the outfit was not ridiculous.
1: Yeah, um, it ends in a really, really, really fast count. Um, Freya the Slayer beats Tiffany Nieves, former champion. Tiffany Nieves, Freya the is of course, a former champion as well. Um... What 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 do we got? What's gonna happen? First uh Thursday show of the month, first weekly show of the month. What do you think's gonna happen between these three ladies? Exactly. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I, I don't know. I do feel you wanna like...
1: watch do we need to see this again? No. Well,
2: I'm gonna know. watch it again. I'm gonna,
1: I mean, I'm gonna watch it. And like I honestly also thought that i think tiffany is a really 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 great heel champion i think that her getting it i think that it was a little premature for her to be taken away from that um title and also i don't know that holly hood Haley j needs to be in the title conversation anymore because i think she doesn't need a belt I would agree
2: with that. She doesn't necessarily need a belt because she's already over. She's Yeah, she is. In the hearts of the OVW fans, in the uh, audience uh, of the Netflix series wrestlers.
1: So uh, Maria said that there's, what, 75 people on the roster? Something like that. There are 74 people who would pull their teeth out to be as over as Haley J is. Yeah. She doesn't need a belt. She doesn't. She didn't. She probably didn't need to be inserted in the storyline. Um, and honestly, I I I probably feel a little bit differently about it if she wasn't. Um, if it was a clean win, Freya got a clean win over Tiffany Nieves. I might have questioned it, but I wouldn't have disagreed with it in the way that I disagree with kind of Haley's role in this.
2: Well, yeah, that was just the. Uh okay, we're going to have a match between these two because they are both, you know, top contenders, and obviously Tiffany Nieves was the the champion, but uh, they just threw Hollywood in there to uh, make it interesting and chaotic because it was Christmas Christmas chaos. chaos. That's right.
1: Um, And to go back to the Bad Girls Club versus the Vaughn Rockets, um, I just kind of... uh, I don't... between the only legitimate women's match on the card being a stipulation match and then that abortion of a match that was the Von Rockets versus the Bad Girls Club, I really... All of the praise that we've heaped on OVW's booking in their women's division, I'm starting to question right now. And they undid all of my goodwill in the course of, what, 12, 15 minutes worth of matches?
2: Well... I don't know whether I would go so far as to agree with all of that, but that is one of the good parts about this podcast is you and I can discuss our thoughts on uh, the OVW OVW weekly show and uh, come up with different points of views. I feel like as far as Christmas chaos goes, it was like opening presents on Mm -hmm. Christmas morning. And as a fan, I wanted to see this and this and this like if you're growing up you want you know x y and z Mm -hmm. under the tree Mm -hmm. and your parents know or i'm sorry santa knows every gift that was
1: Santa, yes malachi mark that check that
2: out santa put all the presents there And he knows which ones are the the smaller ones that you want to start with and then, you know, the the big one that you really, really wanted that you don't think you're going to get to be the last. Mm -hmm. And I feel like whoever put the sequence in order kind of lost sight of that maybe. Because, like, there were some of the bigger pops happened earlier. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they could have happened later and some of the things that happened later should have happened way earlier or perhaps another time or main event of and the it, night
1: should have been the latter match. Yeah. Um, f- opening match of the night probably should have been the Texas tornado.
2: Mm, I disagree.
1: What, where, where would what where would you put that if it wasn't at the beginning? The Texas
2: tornado mm-hmm. if we're going solely in terms of pop main event. And I'll tell you why.
1: I don't disagree. If I disagree it, I guess for it depend- me, but I don't disagree from your point of view. Okay.
2: From my point of view, Christmas chaos was just that. It was uh-huh. Christmas and chaos, which isn't always a great thing. If If it were me and I had these matches with these people to put in whatever order I chose or whatever— I would have made the Texas Tornado match the final match, the main event. And, I mean, not taking into account how it went, but if that was how that match was going to play out, I cannot think of a bigger pop than the finale of that match. And then... You, the you, you finish it over the that pop. you you finish that with Joe Cooley coming out as Santa and throwing candy canes to all the good little boys in the crowd, which did happen. There weren't any girls there. I said
1: girls and boys. No, you said boys.
0: I feel like you guys are stepping all around, not talking about the final match of the night. We, we have a, over an hour. Can we get to the final yeah. match? Well, okay.
1: I do want to say I do want to say one thing before we head on to the final match. There's this um, idea called the death spot. Um, and that is the match before the main event. And traditionally speaking, it has gone to women's matches. And kind of like playing back into what we talked about before, my opinions on what we talked about before, my opinions on where the women's division is on, in OVW right now, it was a disservice to this match to put them where they put them. Um, kind of like tying into your thing about how the show was formatted, I just the losers, the to me, of this entire evening was the women's division of Ohio Wrestling. Like more 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 so than than EC3, which we'll cover in this next match. More so than Jack Vaughn, more so than anybody else. The losers of this evening were the fans in the women's division. Stop me when I'm telling a lie. <laughs> Let's talk about the last match. Let's talk about the last match. We, uh, uh, produ- producer Tony Bryan is, is moving us along. Yeah. <laughs> I would have pu- put this first. You would have you okay. I so would be, have made this okay. first
2: for the sole reason of it and which, took, w-
1: which match are we talking about, real This quick?
2: would be the uh the final match between Jesse Godders and EC three, the chain chaos match. I would have started off with this because it took twenty minutes to get the ring ready and I was for this even match. There. I wasn't even there. A third of the people left. Yeah. And... because of that. And I mean, God love Joe Cooley for going out and entertaining the crowd and stunning the shit out of the Grinch. Yeah. Uh, That part was fantastic. Do you think that was was our friend,
1: uh, the uh, masked mayor that was in the Grinch outfit? Uh, I think it was.
2: I don't know. Just a conjecture. He doesn't return my calls. Um,
1: No, I mean, seriously, you're not only from a formatting point of view. You're 100% right. They should have opened the night with this they should have got ec3 out of there before um you know so he can make his flight or his greyhound or his proud boys meeting or whatever it is he does hitch the ride and um that it it because of nothing else other than having to exchange the ring ropes with chains this should have been match, first match of the night yeah and also respectfully who fucking cares who fucking cares about these two guys? These, this angle is hot as shit. This angle is like beautiful. It's been so well done. And the moment you put these two guys in a ring with each other, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at
0: all. Even when they cut their promos.
1: The, it the, doesn't matter. It's yeah. Captain
0: Whispers versus the Mumble Man. Yeah. Know? And then, the, and then you know, he roll. And, and Jesse Goddard, I found that whole Scooter, Scooter thing hilarious when he was a heel. Now that he's a now that he's a face, baby it just faces feels walk slung. baby
1: faces walk
0: yeah it oh, slows yeah. his energy down like yeah I, I I felt the the energy just went out of the room mm-hmm. with this match they wouldn't interact with the chains for one thing
2: half of the match was outside of the ring so that kind of makes the whole chained chaos yeah part so what's the point kind of pointless
1: well and like so I'm a really big fan of of uh, FMW like you know because I'm a internet wrestling fan so of course I love like fucking stupid Japanese death matches and one of the things that those matches are so good at is always especially like you're exploding like barbed wire matches is suggesting the danger of the barbed wire without actually you having to interact with it as the competitor I don't even think there was a time where I as a viewer was suggested that the ring ropes now being Chains was dangerous The most The most dangerous thing I saw was Just somebody getting hit with a chain But I'm supposed to be scared As a viewer I'm supposed to be scared of the ring ropes Being chains right And there's just nothing like that And like I'm not I don't want to take away from (gasps) these two guys Because up until tonight Up until this match I was pretty into this I like both of those guys I think both of those guys look like they're cut out of fucking stone Um but there's just something There was just something that 2 plus 2 equaled 5 On this
2: Yeah it, it just didn't translate
1: And I just don't I know we're not done with it Even though we should be Because it's a chain chaos match Second one in the history of how they might,
2: they might not be done with it but I am
1: I am done with it And it is so It is so easy And I'll write myself off for being cynical, wrestling asshole fan, whatever. Like I will, I'll write myself off for it. But there just seems something so, <laughs> so dead about this to me.
2: If I could sum up this match in one word, it's nope.
1: Nope. I guess we'll see what happens in the coming weeks, right?
2: Yeah, we. It, there's a lot to look forward to in 2024. The very first live event of the year is january 4th uh, i don't know if you're following along at home mm-hmm. but that is a special day for me personally and then it's the very birthday. first it's his birthday that the day. very first pay-per-view is that following saturday and i'm equally as excited about that
1: and also i just like for me i was taken out of it before the match even started and like i love joe cooley doing the backstage stuff just as santa oh god yeah this is supposed to be the most important angle of the night. This is supposed to be the prestige angle. This is supposed to be the big thing. I don't need him dressed as Santa interviewing the guys. I don't know why you didn't have Linda Kay back there. It's fine. It's literally fine for every other match of the night. It's not fine for the main event. It's not fine for Chen chain chaos match. It's not fine for when I'm supposed to believe these two guys fucking, actually fucking can't stand each other. It just didn't. For me... There was there was so many stuff, so much stuff this night um, that was so confusing, and it still managed to be a really great night of Ohio Valley Wrestling Television. Still managed to be a great pay per view on top of and in spite of all the things that were confusing, but there were just I mean, and I don't I don't I don't wrestle. I've never fallen on my back. I don't write TV. I don't know anything, but there are. There are so many things that I more than I can count on my fingers and all my toes that I would have changed from tonight, from Christmas chaos.
2: You live, you live, you you learn, kid.
0: So they can't all be hits.
1: They can't all be hits, and but we still love the OVW. And 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 uh, Al was by here this past week. Did I say a single word of that to him? Nope. And he doesn't listen to this thing, so it's (laughs) fine. The OVW Podcast, the 10th Kearney Award-nominated unofficial podcast of High Valley Wrestling is produced by Blacklight Moon Productions at Nuthouse Studios here in Lexington, Kentucky. The OVW Podcast broadcast team is me, Jack Minokes, and my co-hosts, Brian Hines. Our studio engineer and editor is Malachi P.S. Woodard. Our executive producer is Tiny Brian K. Woodard. Senior producer here at The Blip is Victor Anderson. After watching Wrestlers on Netflix, visit ovwpodcast.com slash podcasters to find all of our episodes of our unofficial Wrestlers After Show. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Rate us five stars and give us a review. You can also follow us on uh, all of your social medias, Instagram, Facebook, X, TikTok, at podcast. Holidays are hard. Take care of yourself. I love you guys. love you guys. See ya.